So again, welcome to uh, our 50th birthday party. And if you weren't here on Friday night, you missed it. And I'm not just talking about Pastor Brad's pulled pork, because that was good enough. Just, just that, you missed it. But there was so much more, and there were hundreds gathered. And we're just continuing the party and the celebration. And so if you're a guest here today, this is a different kind of day for us. So normally at this time, we're chasing through books of the Bible and passages and teaching, and today we're going to do something just a little different. But I'm really glad that you're here, and you're going to catch up with some history that actually a lot of us are catching up to. And I've been catching up to it in a big way in the last couple of weeks. So glad that you're here. So our tack today is to look back over the 50 years of our church's history and remember God's thankfulness with a grateful heart. And then we want to talk a little bit about what it means to follow our faithful God today. Kind of where are we at today, Door Creek? And then what does it look like to trust our faithful God in the future? And one of the things that struck me this last couple of weeks is I've been just spending a lot of time digging through all the archives and the files and hearing the stories and being part of those interviews with people who were here 50 years ago from the very beginning is this very thing. That if we lose our memory over what God has done, if we fail to reflect and remember with gratitude what God has done in the past, what will happen is we won't trust him in the future and we will have a really hard time following him today. And I was reminded of that when I ran across a friend of mine who um, said this. In the last six months, everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. You ever been there? Oh, yeah. Like, those are one of those six months. And there's usually like three events, right, in those six months where we say things like that. And we believe that. We feel that. And what happens is, and I said, hey, you know what you ought to do is just take an hour and spend some time reflecting on these last six months and see if there's anything more to the story than everything possibly that could go wrong went wrong. And just see, was, was there any chance that in hindsight now looking for it, you could see God's goodness and faithfulness in the midst of the mess and the heartache and the hardship? And so we, we don't want to lose track of God's faithfulness because that sets us up for us to trust him in the future and stay engaged in faith today, following him with all of our hearts. So 1965, that's what we want to go back to, right? Our beginnings. This is a good year. Lyndon Baines Johnson was our president. The movie reminds us that Dr. King marched to Selma. Voting Rights Act was passed. Hard to believe it's only 50 years that African Americans had the right to vote in our country 50 years ago. On April 10th, 3,500 Marines landed on the beaches of South Vietnam, making their way up towards the north. Can you believe it? Gas was a whopping 31 cents. <laughs> wow. Man, it makes you want to go on a cross-country trip, doesn't it? Uh, stamps, 5 cents. The world's population, 3.3 billion. That's less than half of what it is today. The Beatles, five number one hits in 1965. Many skirts were in. The Sound of Music, that was like the first movie I went to with my family. The Sound of Music won the Oscar for Best Picture. The Hills were definitely alive. 
And Super Bowl was like the Christmas gift. And so some of you are going, what's a Super Bowl? Man, they were awesome. You could bounce that thing like just a little bit and it's bouncing off the ceiling here. And any of us who had a Super Bowl loved it until the day we bounced it really hard. It was the wrong angle and it hit us right here, <laughs> right? You remember that Super Bowl. All right, in 1965, I was in elementary school at Haven Elementary School in Evanston, Illinois. And you can tell by the picture, life was good in 1965. So our church's history goes back to Bethany Church, the church that planted us 50 years ago, the church that you can still see on the north end of Willie Street, situated there on Riverside Drive, right along the Yahara River. And what I love about the church that planted us history, Bethany's history, not only that it's a long history that goes back 109 years to 1906, but its history is one of a history of a church that began because they wanted to reach immigrants, Norwegian immigrants. Now my parents came, and so I'm a son of immigrants. My parents came from Europe, and I love that. And so for the first 21 years, the services were all conducted in Norwegian. Here is, um, here's one of their hymnals that goes back over 100 years. There's no notes, there's just words in here. And they didn't buy English hymnals till 1927. As the congregation changed and they realized their mission was to do more than reach Norwegian immigrants, but to reach all those that God had brought into the sphere of their influence and relationships. So Bethany started a radio ministry in the 40s that brought the teaching of the Bible to outlying areas because, again, wanted to reach more people with the good news of God's love. They started to reach university students, and they began what was called Badger Christian Fellowship, which was one of the very first groups in the nation affiliated with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. Some of you may have been part of that on campus. In the late 50s, 57, Pastor Bob Fault came to Bethany Church, and with him, a lot of growth. And uh, a question, what do we do? Because we can't fit everybody here. And so they decided we're going to go find more land and just move the whole campus. And then upon further reflection and conversation, it was, no, actually, let's keep a group here and we'll send another group. We're going to launch a church. We're going to plant a church. Our, our name was first called the Branch Church. We were called the Branch Church. So the congregation at Bethany amazingly gave the entire building fund to get things started. And so it was actually in October of 63 that we broke ground. And during that year, the men of the church and some of the kids would come together on Saturdays. The wives would join, bring in lunch, and they'd all be together. And it was just literally building this church from the ground up. That same year, a Bible study was formed on the west side. So these were members of Bethany that lived on the west side. They said, man, it's a long way to come here for Wednesday night prayer meeting. We're going to meet on the west side. That Bible study would later become the beginnings of Blackhawk Church, our esteemed sister church on the west side. 
Our first service was on November 8th, 1964, in the new building. And then on February 28th, as we heard Tracy talk about that solemn day where the members gathered, and I've counted them, there's 93 names on the charter. One by one, they went up and they signed their names. Seven of those 93 still living today. We met four of them in the video Add to that Beth Wilkinson, Nancy Hovland, and Augit Thorpe, the oldest member of Door Creek Church, 103. Is that awesome? So God was leading the people of Bethany to respond with boldness, courage, and sacrifice, little knowing where it all lead. It kind of reminds me of the little boy who left home that morning and his mom gave him a lunch, right? The loaves and the fishes. And how did he ever know what would happen with that little lunch that mom gave him? But he gave it to the disciples who gave it to Jesus, who prayed over it, multiplied it, and it fed thousands upon thousands, and there was more left over at the end of the day. Little did they know. How could they imagine what God would do with those humble beginnings as they launched out in faith following God? And so the church continued to grow, And over the next 25 years, there would be three expansions at the Buckeye Church just down the road from here. So there's an expansion in 72, again in 79, another one in 89. And then the church continued to grow under Pastor Brad Smith's dynamic, bold leadership. Cramped for space, once again, like in the late, in the early 60s, the church is going, what do we do? What do we do? We're just cramped for space. We want to reach more people. And so they decided as a church to move to this location, 32 acres. What you don't know is that the first plot of land was, was actually this way, just down the road on Sprecher. And, and then someone said, why, why don't we get the stuff on the, the, the land at the top of the hill? We grabbed the top of the hill. Great move, except on those windy, cold winter days. Great move. So you can see this. Now, here's what they tell me is when, when we first started construction, we saw it in the video, there was nothing around here. You could see all of five houses, but there was to be development in this 800 acres. So what a wise move with a lot of forethought to say there's gonna be a lot of new people here. Let's go reach these new people for Jesus Christ. And so now all you do is look around. You go, there's houses upon houses. They're still building houses, right? And apartment buildings and duplexes all around here. And we're so glad for that bold leadership. It was a God-sized vision. And it reminds me of the quote by the German writer who says, Dream no small dreams, for they have no power to move the hearts of men. And God was moving. Hearts were captured and the church grew. And then on January 11th, this is a really important date in our church's history. January 11th, 2005. A lot of you know exactly what I'm going to say. And a lot of us don't. Well, what is that history? Pastor Brad Smith, young, healthy, 46, father of three, his wonderful wife, Spring, he dropped dead, had a stroke. And this church was reeling and in shock. And our brothers and sisters from Blackhawk just came around us and loved on us. Pastor, Pastor Chris Dolson and his staff would come here and teach and send the videos. We remember that time. But what's interesting about this time in our history, it wasn't just a time of huddling together. It was, a, it was a time of huddling together, but continuing that mission of let's reach more people. So amazingly, the Saturday night service was concocted and hatched to reach more people during this time 
when we didn't have a, a lead pastor. And I remember when my family and I came in the summer of 2006 that I caught up with the leadership board. We call it our stewards, godly women and men who lead this church. And they were working hard on this next iteration of where are we going as a church? All in the name of Christ to reach more people for him. And so we look back on these 50 years and we reflect and we say, God, thank you. You are a good God. You are a faithful God. You've been there for us when it was incredibly hard. You have blessed us. You've taken something very small. You've used ordinary people to do extraordinary things on the east side of Madison and from here to the far reaches of the world. Praise be to our faithful God whose mercies are new every morning. And we also want to say thank you to those on whose shoulders we stand. I'm very mindful of that. I'm very mindful of Pastor Brad's leadership and how I have been graced by that. I'm very mindful that a lot of you who've been here for a long time, you've seen a lot of changes. And you've put up with those changes for the greater goal, to see more people see their lives transformed by Christ. So here's what I want us to do. Everybody stand up right now. So all of you that have started coming to Door Creek, and we'll just have fun kind of looking around. You've been here since we opened the doors on our new facility. You've been here in the last year. You just started coming in the last year. Raise your hand. All right. Oh, that's a bunch. Look around. All right. Uh, those of you who've come in the last, keep your hands up. Those of you who've come in the last five years, Wow, that's a lot. All right, all of us raising our hands, we're going to sit down. Go ahead, sit down, those of you. So you're standing if you've been here more than five. All right, you're standing if you've been here more than ten. You're standing if you've been here more than 20 years. All right. So I, I just want to say it again, because those of us who've been here less than that, we don't fully appreciate it. Although those of you that were here even 15 years ago, you, you know what I'm talking about. You, you've gone through a lot of changes. And I know this about change. The only change I'm for is the change that I'm making. If anybody else is making the change, I usually got questions about it. And so you've had to live through a lot of change so that this church could move forward reaching more people for Jesus Christ. And I'm grateful, and we're grateful, and we want to say thanks. Thank you. All right, you guys can sit down. So the other group that we want to say thanks to in a really cool way this weekend is Bethany Church. So when they gave $24,000, they emptied out their building fund to get this thing started. That was worth like $180,000 in today's money. It was a lot of money. They, they blessed us with that money. They blessed us with their prayers. They cheered us on. They, they lent us Pastor Fault for those first three, four months. He would run from Bethany and come here and preach our services. And so what's really cool is 109 years later, Bethany is still chasing down immigrants in our city. So Bethany Church is now a ministry center with four congregations. There's the English congregation, 
Remember the old Norwegian that's now English, all right? Now there's a Chinese congregation. There's a Hmong congregation, right? Lao, Lao people. And there is a Spanish-speaking congregation. So isn't that cool? And what we want to do, they don't know about this, so don't tell them. What we want to do is take 10% of this weekend's offering at both campuses, whatever comes in our offering boxes, and we want to give it to them to say, we love you. We are so grateful for you, and we want to move God's purposes forward, the vision he's laid on those four congregations that aren't working independently, but together you're going to see a new sign that says Bethany Ministry Center, no longer Bethany Church, because that's what their heart is, together to reach their people and the surrounding community for Jesus Christ. We want to bless them and say, use this money to further the mission. So give generously so that we can give a generous gift to them. We thank the Lord. We thank those who've, on whose shoulders we stand. We thank Bethany Church. And we remember God's faithfulness in the past positions us to follow him today. And that's what we want to talk about. Where is Door Creek Church today? as we follow our faithful God. Our mission statement, I think, really answers the question. Why do we exist? What are we about? So the shorthand is changing lives to change the world. Can you say that with me? Changing lives to change the world. Now, a lot of organizations could have that, but what do we mean with that, with that uh, short kind of uh, cliff notes of our mission statement? What we're talking about is joining God in changing people into devoted followers of Christ who change the world with his love. That's what God's doing. He's going to do it with him or without him. And we have this wild opportunity to join him where all of history is moving. That through his son, Jesus Christ, all things in heaven and on earth will be united and renewed to their right place through Jesus Christ. And we're joining him in that. We don't think there is any chance we can change anybody's heart. We can't get our kids to change their clothes sometimes or to clean up their room. Who are we? We just know that's what God's about. And he's called us to join him in that. And so we're all about changing people into devoted followers of Jesus Christ and seeing his love transform their lives in such a way that it's working and moving through them, his love changing the world, our world our community, our nations, and the nations. That's what we're on about. And when we think about what does it mean to be a devoted follower of Christ, actually our seven values, the things that we're committed to, begin to flesh out what does a devoted follower of Christ look like? And as we hold to these commitments, we will see this mission move forward in great, great effect. So what do we value? At Door Creek Church, we value in our first in our first value, a life of worship. Worshiping God in all of life. Rejecting this dichotomy that says there's spiritual parts of my life and then there's like really secular part, like I'm gonna go to work or I'm gonna go to school tomorrow. That's not a spiritual part of it. No, yes it is. Because Jesus is in a category in my life. He is Lord of my life. Every part of my life, wherever I go, whatever I do, whatever, whatever I think, I submit all of my life, all the relationships to him, realizing that whether I eat or drink, whatever I do, I can do it to the glory and honor of God. And so we gather on the weekends to connect our hearts to Christ, the truth that is ours in Christ, to fill us with hope, to encourage us to live a life of worship 24-7 by the grace of God. We value the Bible's authority. 
We believe it's God's word, all of it true. What a wild, crazy notion that isn't just another book on the shelf. This is God's word. And so our, our commitment is, our desire is to center our lives on God's truth. That this is the path where we run into God's wisdom. This is the place where we find a hope. This is the place where we find our identity and security. And so we're centering our lives on God's truth. So whether I'm teaching here or Ardee's teaching here, those who are teaching our children right now, Darren and, and Lynn up north teaching our students, we are always trying to explain God's word so we know how to live God's word. And as we live God's word, not just hear God's word, we're positioned to love God more and love our neighbor as ourselves. Centering our lives on God's truth. What do we value? We value the richness of community, growing together in groups. And so groups, groups, groups. You just heard RD talking about groups. We got literally hundreds of people joining groups, whether it's a life group or a support group or one of the classes like Alpha to help people get connected to the teachings of Christ, what it means to follow him. We want to do life together in community, authentic community, together in a circle in someone's home or in, in one of the rooms here on our facilities so, so that we can serve together and dig into God's word together and so that we can care for each other and pray for each other and make a difference in the world. Groups are huge. But the, but the whole thing of the richness of community is not getting just together and experiencing the richness of doing life with other people, realizing that, whoa, I need that. But also the richness of community, which is that God's family is bigger than all the people who are like me or like you. And experience the richness of the diversity of God's family in this city, in this church, and around the world. And celebrating and wanting that more and more for our church. Our fourth value says that we value a joyful witness. And that's our desire to share and live the good news in word and deed with joyful hearts in a winsome way that draws people to Christ. And so we want to have a joyful witness to the nations, right? Our global partnerships to the nations, Advent conspiracy, much of that money going to the nations to help people in need around the world. We, we want to be a people that are committed to a joyful witness where God has planted us in our own backyard in this city. And our fifth value, compassionate service, humbly extending Christ's compassion to people in need is one of the great ways that we do that here at Door Creek. And it's one of the things that we love. Just had one of those newcomers and I met a bunch of teachers and it was so cool to hear them say, we were on your website and we saw that you guys care even about public schools. And we were so drawn to that because we're Christians who work in a school and sometimes, sometimes we feel like in the church, people think of us like, mm, are you supposed to be there? Like, we are so glad that you adopt teachers. We are so glad that you've adopted and partnered with these schools. We wanna be part of a place like this. And by the grace of God, over the years, Door Creek's reputation in this city because of your commitment to serving and making a difference in students, in, in parachurches, in nonprofits around, in our own neighborhoods, is, is bringing this, this reputation where people think well. One of the most wild things that happened when we built this addition is that we brought a development, huge project to the city, and they didn't even sneeze. Do you know how rare that is? I don't care what you're developing in, the, in America today. Somebody's against it. Usually, a lot of people are against it. It just went, whew. 
And I'll tell you why it went. Because we've been serving the people in our city. And we want to have humble compassion, being Christ's hands and feet to the people of our world. We value intentional training. That means we are committed to you understanding that you in Christ are God's masterpiece. And you were created for a purpose with unique gifts and experiences and abilities. And we want to help you uncover that and, and unleash it to make an eternal difference in people's lives. And finally, our last value, none of this happens without an ongoing dependence upon God. So we call that value persistent prayer, devoting ourselves to pray continually. Wherever we are, whatever we're thinking, doing, planning, we are going to God saying, God, we're not God, we need you. Give us wisdom, bless our plans, help our brothers and sisters in need around the world, those struggling right here. So the pathway, sometimes we call it the big three, is, is really key for those of us that are new going, okay, I'm excited about that. I, I want those values to be more a part of my life so I can be a more effective part of helping this church move forward in its mission. How do I, how do, I do that? The pathway answers that. So the big three. We're gathering on the weekend, what we're doing right now. We gather on the weekend around Christ and his word. So we, we show up. And we worship. We have our hearts renewed in the word. We're encouraged that there's other people who want to follow Christ. There's other people who are curious about Christ. We gather on the weekend. We grow in a group to be more like Christ, right? And then we give ourselves away to serve others like Christ, giving ourselves away. Our time, our talents, our treasure, our prayers, investing in the work of Christ that will make an eternal difference. And we're excited to do that and be part of it, and to lean into that and invest in it. And we love to hear the stories of grace, right? Bob and Robin's story that we're going to watch right now reminds us that the God that we follow is a God who's every day pursuing us with his grace. My name is Bob. And my name is Robin. When we first met, um, uh, we were not uh, Christ followers, and we were not going to, to church. We um, very quickly decided that it was very important for us to find a church together, but we didn't know really what church or, or where to go. And so we attended a funeral service here of a friend of ours named Vicki Marr. And um, the first thing I noticed was that these people actually knew Vicki and had a relationship with her. It was a very touching ceremony and I just recognized the relationships that people had here and that was very, it's, I was attracted to that. Well, the first time we came, we were very skeptical. We sat in the back row and Pastor Mark was speaking that weekend and he was talking about the free gift, that salvation was a free gift, that there was nothing we could do to earn it and that all we had to do was accept it. And that's when on the way home we were, we were like, I've never heard it said like that before, and that changes everything for us. I no longer have to try to earn God's love. I always thought I had to be better, do more, work, push harder in order to be, a, you know, to be that person that then God would, okay, and I've realized that there's nothing I can do <laughs> to, to earn that, and that he loves me anyway, and that 
and that I'm his. I've learned that I'm his. I'm not, I'm not in charge of my own life. God is in charge of my life. And then Pat also was really instrumental in getting us connected with his life group. And at the time they were full, they didn't have any openings for us to come, but Pat begged them to let us come. <laughs> and so we started coming and we just, it was it was scary and, and, and I didn't know if I would fit in, but we, um, we started to do life with that group of people. So at this point in our, our journey, um, we, we started to learn more. It, it seemed like every sermon they had um, uh, cameras in our house. It was just zoned in. It was right for us. It, it was, we, we would laugh when we walked out uh, just saying, you know, how, how did they know we needed to hear that today? <laughs> um, so we started to learn uh, about Christ and we knew that we still weren't living the way Christ wanted us to live. So at that point, we uh, arranged a meeting with um, Pastor Mark and Bev and kind of asked for guidance is, now that we believe this, where do we go from here? Um, the next thing we did is um, decided to get married. And shortly after that, we were baptized, I think it was August of 2013 in Goodman Pool. And then Bob and I serve and celebrate recovery together. Um, that program has been very instrumental in my life with Christ because I have to heal. Only God can heal those broken, the brokenness inside. And I bring a lot of baggage and a lot of brokenness to this marriage. And so um, that's an encouraging program where we live in the solution and moving forward in the new creation that Christ has made us. Even when we struggle now with marriage or parenting, uh, one of the things we're encouraged by this church is that to, to nurture that individual relationship with Jesus Christ, because if we don't have that, we don't have anything. If we have that relationship, that vertical relationship with Jesus Christ, it spills over on everything else in our life. So that story started with um, Vicki, who was a Sunday school teacher to children here, loved on our kids, who was that joyful witness in community, and it was her very funeral that got things going in Robin and Bob's life. And I, I, don't, I don't know where you're at in this whole thing of the journey, if you've crossed a line of faith with, your, with all you have, trusting in Christ, you, you see what happens by the grace of God. That this vertical, a personal, not, 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 not a concept that we believe in, a, a relationship that we have that begins to transform how we deal with our past, how we look to the future, and how we live our lives today. That's what this church is all about. And as we look to the future, there, there, there's, there's no crystal ball and there's no secret sauce other than we need to be faithful to this God who calls us to keep pointing people to Jesus. He is our hope. He is the hope of the world. And he is the one that answers all the deepest longings of your life and of mine. 
And so we keep the light on Christ. And we want to stay connected in these next years as we look to the future. We want to stay connected to Christ. And so our vision statement really answers the question, so where's this church going? This is where we are today. Where are we going? And here's what we say. By God's grace, we desire to be a Christ-centered church for all people. For all the peoples and groups of people and classifications of people that get divvied up in society and culture, we believe the gospel's bigger than that and unites us. We want to be a church for all people, believing that Jesus died for all and God loves all. A church for all people where the power of the gospel, the good news of God's love for us in Jesus Christ is constantly, continually transforming our lives, the lives of our family and friends, transforming our marriages, our relationships in community, transforming our lives, renewing our city, all phases, all relationships within the city, every aspect of the city, whether it's the business part of city, the relationships, whether it's the poor in our city, whether it's those who are chasing down degrees in our city, whether it's those who are artists in our city, whatever it is in our city that the gospel and the people that follow Christ are transforming the city with the renewed hope of Jesus Christ, renewing our city and changing the world. That's what we're on about. And so Door Creek, as we think about the future, Wondering, what is, the, what is the next 50 years going to be about? Well, let's dream dreams all the while remembering that we need to stay connected to God's story. Our story is just a page. It's not even a chapter. It's a page in what God has been doing since time began and beforehand. And so we want to continue to stay connected to that story, to have that story of God's love for us transform us more and more into Jesus and to move through us to be a huge agent of helping others connect with their loving God. Stay connected to the story, reaching more people for Christ. What, what drives me is there's hundreds of thousands of people that live in Dane County and the surrounding communities that don't know about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's reach more people for Christ. Let's start small things believing God does big things with small things. Let's be that city on a hill that Tiny talked about, letting our light shine in such a way that people see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven, Matthew 5, 16. Let's not only stay connected to God's story, but let's be grounded and stay grounded and grow deeper into Christ, be grounded in Christ, our teaching always rooted in Christ, our hope in Christ, the gospel, our praise, our witness and word and deed connected to Christ, leaning into Christ together, his grace, his mercy, his truth, more of his spirit, less of ourselves, more doing life from a position of overflow that Robin was talking about, less looking for help me be filled, but finding our fullness in Christ, being able and positioned to serve others. We need to be grounded in Christ for the good of others. R.D. Brad and I were working on some vision things that we'll be talking more about in the coming year, and we got just totally caught up in this phrase, grounded for good. Grounded in Jesus Christ for the good of our families, of our communities, of our nation, of the nations around the world. And so we want to be grounded in Christ and we want to press into the beauty of the gospel that's for all people and see us continue to grow to be a church for all people. 
We want to see our city renewed for God's kingdom here in Madison to be as it is in heaven. So let's, let's dare to do great things for God. Let's not get comfortable. Let's be willing to jump out of the boat like Peter and by the grace of God as our eyes are fixed on Jesus to find ourselves doing the unthinkable, walking on water. I don't know what it looks like, but I know we're gonna to have to leave the boat of our comfort zones. So let's dare to do great things for God for his glory. So we remember the past today, but you and I get the drill. We can't live in the past, can we? I mean, people actually do live in the past. It's like driving your car, always having your eyes on the rear view mirror. That is a bad way to do life. And we can't live in the future, but we're called to dream dreams and to remember the end of the story that we know is a great ending of a better day. But we can't live in the future. We live today and may we be faithful in following our faithful God. And I love this verse, small verse in Psalm 37.3 that God's just placed in my heart. And may that just ground us for today as we dream for greater things, for far more for tomorrow. Trust in the Lord, Psalm 37.3 says, and do good. Dwell in the land, live in the land, be engaged today where God has us living life and befriend faithfulness. So let's trust in this great and faithful God, doing good today, faithfully following our faithful God. Let's pray. And so, Father God, we bless you for your kindness and your faithfulness. We bless you for the many stories like Bob and Robin's of lives transformed. We bless you, Lord, that you are the God of the nations, that you are the God who not only do we follow, but who follows us with your pursuing love and mercy and kindness. And we pray that these next 50 years would have our jaws dropping in amazement about who you are and what you're doing. And Lord, we could care less that anybody knows about Door Creek in the future. Our sole desire is that they are drawn by the one that we follow, your son, our savior, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen.